Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? I'm in a very echoey room wishing you a very happy Thanksgiving uh, normally, and uh, we would take this Wednesday off because most people are off work and blah, 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 but I figure a lot of you must be traveling as well. So while this is not a new episode, there's something fun about uh, knowing that all the weirdos out there are listening to the same episode at the same time. You've probably heard me say that before. It's kind of like when a movie you own comes on TV, but you watch it anyway, And I think that's because we enjoy that sensation of like, hey, thousands of people are doing the same thing right now. So uh, I just thought of one of my absolute favorite episodes and just something that was so funny and something that I re-listen to from time to time just to make me laugh, which is Josh Rubin. He's so funny. uh, And I just thought it would be fun if we all re-listened to this episode today, if you want to. Or you can take the week off. Up to you. (laughs) Why am I telling you your options? You know your life. Anyway, I also want to say that it's uh, uh, the holidays and it's about the time that you might want to get some gifts. There's no sponsor for this episode, but it always helps support the show. If you go to PeteHolmes.com and buy a t-shirt, they're all available now. Uh, They're all there. Pete is my homeboy, Werewolves Vote, Piano Keys, You Got Princed. Uh, There's the Fantastic Mr. Fox Wolf shirt. There's the Truman Show Boat shirt. Uh, They're all up there. Oh, a Chomp Chomp, a Mush Mush, one of my faves. So check them out. Get one for your favorite weirdo. If you're so inclined, they're all at PeteHolmes.com. Even if it says uh, they have to meet a certain goal to print, if you buy one, it will print. They're very good like that. It's a Teespring, and they're awesome. So especially for the holidays, it'll definitely get to you in time. That's at PeteHolmes.com. All right, everybody, let's, let's just enjoy this. I'm going to listen to it again, too, because it makes me laugh, and uh, I need that now as I travel to Boston to see my family, who are wonderful, but come on. Let's laugh to get ready. Get into it. Oh, no. Yeah, we can't do it on here. We're recording now. We are? But you didn't say what it was. Dallin Burston. I have to open with what I said to, to the old um, Broken Lizard boys just then on their way out. That's why they That's look who familiar. those are. They've done college humor stuff. That's why. Okay. I'm not here to introduce people or help people You're realize how already. they knew. Yeah, we're recording. If you're recording. I- <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a laugh one. You got a fucking wire on me. <laughs> I walk in, you got a wire on me. I walk in. <laughs> you make me think I'm walking in to have a private conversation. <laughs> Nero, it's great to have you on. Well, the, the only thing, you know, the impression is really just that it's all the breath. Everything I do is just weird breath. Yeah, yeah. that is just that, that's the a, breath of everything. But that's it, Phil Hoffman, too. That's a, Phil Hoffman. It's a little deeper. <laughs> you can tell the difference. Dinero's... And, uh, and, and, yeah, Phil Hoffman is <laughs> incrementally, uh, uh, it's a little more Death Darth Vader. <laughs> I have to do, do, do De Niro. Do De Niro. Wow. You know, it's just funny because, like, what's that, what's that guy's name? Uh, um, Frankie, what's his face? <laughs> Frank, who's, who's that guy? Frank, oh, Frank Caliendo, who does De Niro. You know, everyone who does De Niro is like, uh, 
And I, growing up watching SNL and everything, you see people do De Niro like really cartoonish. Yeah. But I met him because I did background on uh, Good Shepherd. Uh-huh. And yeah, and he and the Damon vehicle exactly, and he chose all of the background actors like by hand. You had to come in, hand him your resume. On the back of my resume, it says special skills. You know, like can drive manual, uh, passport, impressions. This person, this person, Robert De Niro, and he's like really quiet, sweet, really yeah, tired yeah, yeah, yeah. looking old man. Yeah. and he's going down. I'm the last person in <laughs> the five peeping five people in at a time, and I handed him my headshot, <laughs> and he looked all the way down. He's like, Oh, Josh, I'm kidding. This. Oh, <clears throat> the impression of Rob De Niro. I'm not gonna go there. It's <laughs> just like, wow. So I just, I, I just pride myself on just making a just really quiet, uh, like, like a real one. Yeah, yeah. Just come on down to the Tribeca Film Festival. We'll, we'll have cookies. You know, just like, just a really well, sweet, that's what, when Bobcat, inarticulate. When man. Bobcat Goldthwait was on the show, he pointed. Well, Willow Creek. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We talked about Robin Williams, like a real Robin wow. Williams impression. No. <laughs> is also understood. Well, the thing about life is that one day you'll be dead. <laughs> I don't know why it's an elephant sort of at the end of everything I say, but that's the other thing too, but people do Robin Robin Williams, they just when, go when, crazy. When I do them, because I do a lot of exactly, yeah, yes, I go, yes, you, hur, 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 yeah, right, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's what And it's not is. wrong. It's not wrong. It's just a, it's a 1980s, you know, live at the Met <laughs> sure. Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. But, but then Bobcat's thing was he was like, that's just wonderful. That's wonderful. Like, I can't yeah. even do it, but it was just uh, it's just really, you know, and, and it's yeah, beautiful. It's, just, yeah, it's then, beautiful. And, yeah, like saying something positive and like sweet. And you know, you sort of walk in and the dolphins are all just sort of swimming around and just sort of think, I love kids. But you know, also Dick, what? Simba. <laughs> but then you just sort of walk in. And you think you know, divorce is sort of like having your balls dragged up through your wallet. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and he also sits there, just like sort of holding himself, like, well. <laughs> I see. I pick up on these little things. I, you know, you, yeah. Like he holds himself a little bit, <laughs> like Ray Charles. Like Ray. Like Ray I'm Charles. Not, I'm not trying really to be funny. Is. Ray Charles holds really himself does, like yeah. that. And, but so and, does Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> hold myself. Wow. <laughs> hey, hold, hold on the phone. <laughs> Quaka, holdy. <laughs> Goldie Han. Well, it's, it's a little big for me, frankly, but... <laughs> <laughs> the moon, like a testicle, hangs low in the sky. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do the... <clears throat> <laughs> just like everything just ending with why? a sound yeah but, but no that's sort of the thing you sort of end up going why <laughs> it's always ending with an animal thing yeah but you know that's the thing is you know the Sistine Chapel actually does smell like feet you know <clears throat> <laughs> oh my Jesus <laughs> everyday Jesus you know what I mean <laughs> just, yeah, just an everyday Jesus. Jesus not like a fancy Jesus oh my god <laughs> That is so funny. Well, what I was telling those boys was that you're the one of the funniest people alive, <laughs> and it's just it's just true. Thank you, thank it's you. Just true. It's, it's so <laughs> funny. Funny people. <laughs> Look out! They're gonna kill you. <laughs> funny people. Well, you know, just have to sort of watch out because you know they'll be waiting for you. It's, it's hard to <laughs> one hour photo. <laughs> The name's Cy Parrish. <laughs> you, read, you ever read an interview about him playing that character? He's like, yeah, and it's sort of, you, you have a knife and it's very visceral. 
<laughs> I'm slipping in now. De Niro and Rob Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are They're very similar. I'm noticing. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Law and Order. I sort of played Charlie Todd, but different. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I just. Yeah, just do that. Why? <laughs> I mean, why would I why make all these sounds? I can't stop. But really, I can't stop. <laughs> Please, I need to go to the hospital. I need to get out. I need to get out. <laughs> he's, he's burdened by it. He's dungeoned. Oh, oh no, I haven't slept in at least 15 years. <laughs> Awake me. Awakenings me. <laughs> My name is Leonard Lowe. What I love about you... Is that the character from Awakening? Yes. How did you pull that? Because You knew the character from One Hour Photo. (laughs) That was weird. But then you also knew the doctor from Awakenings? Yeah, yeah. Well, the doctor was Oliver Sacks. Oh. Well, I guess that's who it was based on. Oliver Sacks. It was based on a real character, but Oliver sort of didn't want me to play him for real, so... (laughs) I had to make make up a different character. (laughs) (laughs) Holding. You can't see because it's a podcast, but he's holding himself. (laughs) Well, yeah, to to be insecure, to be a comedian, but then to sort of go out and go, Dick! <laughs> well, we did college humor, uh, the all nighter the other night. And I, I actually, uh, Oren, my uh, good friend who directs everything that we do, uh, would laugh at this, but I think that I'm decent at not laughing. When we're, in, when we're in the scene. But I'm wearing my... No, back. you're very... You're focused. You're I, really I can yeah. find it. Yeah. I, you know what my trick is? I what? think of you're made of atoms. And then I try and see past you. Is that what you really do? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to see... I don't know if you've ever taken mushrooms. But uh, yeah. when, I, when I take mushrooms, I often like will see... Uh, you get this really weird feeling that there's something behind reality. I don't actually believe that necessarily, okay. but you're like, oh, if there is a screen that everything is projected and on, there seem to be sit with you. The, these weird uh, geometric shapes and stuff behind yeah. it. And it. Obviously, it's not behind it. It's an optical <clears throat> illusion and all that sort of stuff, but it feels very real when you're tripping. And when I was trying to not laugh at you, I was trying to see those shapes. I was like, where's that weird Illuminati pyramid? That I, that I see <laughs> it's what just I'm like doing. 33 billion little Robin Williams is holding <laughs> themselves. <laughs> well, you know, try, you try very hard. Yeah, you try very hard. He <laughs> <laughs> takes mushrooms then. <laughs> it, it takes the mushrooms in its mouth. It's really bad Buffalo Bill, but who cares? It's so high, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but you're even good at riffing at him. You're so high, it doesn't matter. Wait, is she a great big fat person? <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. That's about what But this is the great thing that you get why we have such good bit time together because you actually have seen all the movies. You're like, you you yeah. get all the references. Bit time. We have good bit time. <laughs> bit, really good bit time. We spend uh, bitcoins together. Pete, come downstairs. It's bit time. <laughs> <laughs> that was Mrs. Doubtfire. I can't even do a real Irish person. <laughs> come downstairs. It's bit time, dear. Get down. <laughs> <laughs> Scout <laughs> Pete, you have to come down and make jokes with Josh. Do photography. <laughs> do your do your Jeff Bridges. Your Okay, so that's the story. I'm gonna try I don't care if we just do bits the whole care. time. I don't care I don't and care. I know you don't care. I don't care. And we're due, gonna split this up into three episodes. We're, we're due for a silly one, I but I'm on the show. I'm wearing uh black mm. eye eye makeup <laughs> and I'm crying, so it's getting in my eyes. So it's like I have a lot of incentives. We need to finish. It hurts my eyes. But I was weeping. And it's late. I was weeping with laughter because you do. I used to think I could do Jeff Bridges. And I'm going to 
do mine you first. Do it's, so, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm not going to do mine at all. I'll do it after you do it. I don't know why I'm forecasting when they're going to happen. But the thing is, whatever the impression is, we've done Phil Hoffman together. We've done Jeff Bridges together. When I hear you do it, I'm just like, nope, that's something else. But fucking impressionists, you know what I mean? I don't care about impressionists. Funny people, you, doing impressions is actually funny. You know what I mean? I don't want you just like saying lines from right. his movies without some sort of commentary. And that's what you do so brilliantly. It was so funny. Oh, Sorry you. to set it up like that. But now oh. let's do Jeff Bridges. Uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm pretty uh, into photography, actually, as an actor. But, uh, you know, my dad... Uh, Lloyd used to dress up and play in the woods, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I'm actually equally, I'd say, in the photography than I am as you know an actor, man. <laughs> Buddy, I don't fucking care about what we're gonna do. We can just do bits the whole show. You're due for a silly one, man. You're due for a silly one. <laughs> Oh my god! Doesn't matter. Robert Duvall told me I'm good at what I, I do. <laughs> I, Iron Man. Yeah, the thing is, you know, we didn't have a script for Iron Man. You sort of show up. John Favreau's there. He's busy thinking about Jeff. <laughs> Tell you what you said. <laughs> what? About the ball. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I walked on the. You know, I just sort of said it'd be funny to have a ball cap on. I'll play a little clown. There was no script. I got there and just sort of said, that looks fun. <laughs> he just uh, spray-painted a towel peach. I had Cat Bardo do it. <laughs> what a good pull. <laughs> yeah. Only for, only only for you. Only for us. Just you. That's all, all six she's of, done, members. <laughs> she's done makeup on everything we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cat's great. <laughs> <laughs> cinematography, uh, man. Cinematography, <laughs> photography, typography, geography, geology. <laughs> <laughs> they found dinosaurs with anthropology, man. But, uh, you know, I light up. <laughs> that is the last picture show I'm going to do. But then, then you were doing, what? Oh, what Bra- not Braveheart, that's stupid. Uh, something Heart? Uh, crazy Heart. Oh, Crazy Heart? Yeah. Where you would walk buddy. in and you would be like, buddy? Yeah, yeah. When, he, when he brings his little kid. Maggie Gyllenhaal's kid. <laughs> Have you seen a little kid in here? Uh, buddy! <laughs> that bad limp. I don't know why my mind just goes to like, oh, he's obviously doing such a great job dramatically. I just can't wait to get out of the theater and walk like that. <laughs> just like walk with a limp and scream at kid's name. I just think it's like, that's going to be the fun part. And that's what I pick up on. I don't, it's not because I choose. It's just like, oh, that's, good. that's yes. what I'll do. <laughs> Buddy, did you see a little kid in here? I had two margaritas. <laughs> I remember everything Have you had anything to drink? So, well, I had a drink. I had a, he, in the movie, he had like a sip of a margarita. And they're like, have you had anything to drink? <laughs> yeah, I had a sip of a. It was realistically. Well, I had one sip of a margarita and I lost a six year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, no, actually, I literally had a uh, very lucidly. I had a sip of a margarita and I lost a six year old. Buddy! <laughs> hey, buddy! <laughs> buddy! I'm indisposed. He just answers himself as Rooster Cockburn. <laughs> indisposed. <laughs> See. I remember, <clears throat> I've said this many times on the show, 
when we talk about impressions, which is every 15th episode or whatever. So it's not that often. But uh, there was a time when I remember thinking maybe I could do them. Did you have a period like that where you like – I don't. I always say coming out of the closet, but like when you like first started trying to do them publicly? Because yeah. anyone can tell if they're good or bad. That's what makes them ballsy. Well, I uh... – <laughs> I was oh, a fat right. weird kid and I uh, really? I watched yeah buddy uh, buddy uh, come back how could you miss him um, <laughs> he's a fat weird kid man <laughs> it was a fat one that smells like pepper um, <laughs> that's I just I'll never forget being in like keyboarding class and kid just being like you smell like pepper <laughs> and I was like, so wearing, like even that poll oh, that I wasn't just random that oh, was no. you someone said you yeah. smelled like oh I bring pepper. everything back. I honestly think that that's one of the things about improv and just like spontaneous creativity oh. is you need to like have that type live of it. mind. You yeah. live it. You have to when live things it. Right are coming you know. in, and then but like you know so much if you can find a place. I feel like there's a special <clears throat> place for the riff and bits where like if you're reading, I'll see a vocab word or an right. analogy or a place. Right. Right. When I do crowd work and I'm like, and then he's going to go off to Tahiti. It's right. because I was watching a movie about Tahiti exactly, yesterday. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I, like I, I would, we just shot this commercial up in uh, uh, Eureka, California. It's like far northern California. I'd never been there before. But like, you know, you go on like a hike and like the Trinidad trails and you walk around Humboldt County and you hear sto- people talking about stories of how they they go, what was it, abalone diving? What's the, is that the proper term for it I'm probably butchering it there's like big shells So, but then that's just you know you just like soak that in Yes. and I'm like not a good like reader like I love to read but I like can't retain any information I got 950 on my SATs and bad student and you know it's, but, but like I, I pick got, up I got on a, these I got a 10, 1050 oh okay that's pretty good yeah it's pretty, good no, it's bad. bad yeah it's yeah, bad. yeah. But, that's who, bad. but who cares because look we're here we're doing this I, I would like to talk about that a little bit because <laughs> I remember just being like oh everyone's wrapping up and just like rushing myself to finish similarly like I was too aware of like I think I should be wrapping up, so I'd like speed up. Oh yeah, no, go I, faster. I I'd lose care. interest. I'd yeah. be like, it's probably C. Always thought. Oh it was I, yeah, C. well you know, and you, the fucking the, of course my mind goes to like oh because I saw summer school with Mark Harmon and the one part when Chainsaw goes C C C and just starts guessing. I was like, oh that's what I'll do. Yeah, like kind of half subconsciously, I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do that. That's nutty. I'm just like I don't know. So you're up in Humboldt and you're not a good reader, but you retain. No, but you, so so you know. So then I was like the other day when I played George R. R. Martin on the podcast. It's like you know I start going to this riff about like you know abalone diving and uh, God is that even what it's called. I understand what you're saying. But anyways, like, it, it, yeah, you know, in the murky waters and da 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 da. But that's like, it. But it is it. Comedy you have to live your life and read and talk to people. And that's right. Yeah, that's right. You talk to. I, I do a lot of talking with cab drivers and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. to and from the airport, and I'm just like, this guy is saying some like real gems. Yeah, I've had that yeah. realization many times where I'm like, if I could do a perfect impression of this guy, it would be so funny. Yeah, yeah. be so. And you know what keeps happening to me, and I don't. I don't think it's fame related at all. They never know who I am. They don't know I'm an actor. But that, they they love telling you what their children are doing. These drivers, and then like you get the sense that it might be like so. If, so if you know anybody that's doing right. graphic design, or, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. And I'm like, ah, yeah, my son is a fisherman. So <laughs> please, please, uh, um, <laughs> I, my son, my son is a, a fisherman. So please, please. <laughs> that got real sad. Oh, you know that's like the deer and dugu. He's doing very well here. <laughs> Mr. Smith is doing very 
Yeah, I do the nun from about Street, dude. I ain't fucking around. <laughs> Dear Mr. Schmidt, do go ahead. <laughs> He's doing it very well. <laughs> yeah, we can go that obscure. I don't give a fuck who understands what we're doing. <laughs> Dear Dugo, can I tell you? You know how I knew I was doing good shit? <laughs> It was John Leguizamo. I, I would watch all his shit, and then I would go to school and just say, you know, be like a Latino character, and then I get got popular somehow. Dear Ndugo, <laughs> dear Mr. Schmidt, Ndugo's doing so well. <laughs> this podcast is going really good. <laughs> I have never seen Pete have this heart before. <laughs> Everyone is dying of famine. <laughs> and meanwhile, you make $35 million a movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I, but see, it wouldn't that be that a... good if you didn't know who that was. Then I'd have to... Oh, well, there's this uh, n- nun character. <laughs> it's at the end. Yeah. It's at the end. It's the last... <laughs> Well, for those of you who actually seen all of that Schmidt in the, in the last eight minutes when when Mr. Schmidt is... You couldn't have flipped by. She's not in a lot of scenes. She's not in it at all. It's just her voice. Well, you you know, went... uh, Melissa Leo plays this uh, African nun. Yeah, you went like from cab driver that like has the yeah. like windy voice. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. I know. My, please help my son. <laughs> and I like... Please help my son to... Because <laughs> I just heard it. <laughs> How do you do it? What am I doing? The air is going out of my. The air is going out of the back of my throat, which I'm closing. I'm, oh, I thought you were going in, like. Yeah. That would just sound like a robot. The like fifteen. I'm gonna say fifteen percent of the audience that's seen about Schmidt. I, I love that movie. Yeah. So that. Yeah, was, I do too. That was a. Spe- it's one of my favorites. That it was a special. Like handmade artisan sort of key that unlocked a door I didn't even know was there, like Zelda, and like it was such a gift. Just now, yeah, into now that'll be our that's gonna be our new thing when we see each other. Hey, Pete, what's up, man? Photography, deal, Is that even that's not even the line? Dear Mr. Schmendugo's doing very good. He plays every day. You're drooling. You can't see right now. Penal is drooling and then crying all go? over our blue, both of our black t-shirts. We need to send more tissues because Pete is laughing and drooling all over himself every day. And Josh is making him laugh and play. Also, we skinned a rabbit from its head to its balls. <laughs> Because you were doing Jack Nicholson. Mm. You're like, dear Nduku. <laughs> dear Nduku. <laughs> I ate a big old hoagie and went on a boat. <clears throat> do you, do that's you the, care? That's the breath, too. That was like, the right breath. No, you dear. just did it. It was like, and went on a boat. I went on a boat. <laughs> that's it. It's a lip, lip smack and a breathe, sudden breathe in. But... <clears throat> It's a funny thing when you can actually articulate what it is. Oh, yeah, that's a lip smack and you breathe in. And Phil Hoffman is a darker uh, sin- a sinus breath. Um, I'm dead. Um. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> when you before before Pete before got Pete got to the all nighter the other night. You do the podcast. <laughs> you do it. Before before Pete got to the all nighter the other night, the first thing I thought is, well, Pete and I always do Phil Hoffman together, and the first thing he's gonna say, I just know it, is <clears throat> I'm dead. <laughs> and I knew he was going to do it. We both love Phil Hoffman. I wrote a course, eulogy, basically, because I was so lo- in love with him, and he's all of our favorites. One of my favorite actors, absolutely. 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 He's, he's our hero. But the first thing well, I thought to say to you, and you say, basically we said, said at the same, at the same time, was, <clears throat> I'm dead. Yeah. I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> well done. Well, do well done. Well done. Well done. I, got, tell I met that him. Story. Like, tell that story. I met basically. I, I met. I met uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman like two weeks before he died, and I was this guy. He this guy was a friend of his. I think they met in AA or they grew up together. He never told me, but he's like two weeks prior to that, I was on a shoot, and I met this guy. He was like kind of a douchebag, and he's like, "Oh, uh, do 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 your Phil Hoffman. I'll film it and I'll send it to him." I'm like, "Oh God, okay. Hey, how are you? I'm a big fan." Da, da, da. <clears throat> he sent Phil a video, and he's like, "Oh, Phil really liked that." And two weeks later, I get invited to a party at the Jane for Maker, and it's like Snoop Dogg and Phil Hoffman are coming. Can you believe it? And this guy is there, and he's like, "You want to meet him? Do you want to meet him?" And I go upstairs, and I'm like ushered past like Snoop security, and it's all really tight. And he's like, "Keep your mouth shut. Don't draw attention to yourself. That I'll introduce you in a few." And I look over, and I see uh, Phil Hoffman sitting there, like surrounded by people. And I, like, try not to stare at him, and then uh, I strike up a conversation with a nice kid from the New York Times, and I'm just kind of super nervous, and as as soon as the the, the nerves sort of calm down, this guy comes up to me and goes, okay, it's time. It's time you're going to meet him. Like, I'm going to meet my hero. And in my head, I was I was him in uh, the 25th hour, like that, <clears throat> that, that lo- those like drums were going. I felt yeah. like I was in like, you know, a Spike Lee movie, just like on like a dolly going towards my hero, like, <laughs> you know, up to whatever, Nirvana. Yes. And, and I walk up to him and all of his friends look at me and they're like, you, that's, dude, Phil, that's the guy that does the impression of you from Very Mary Kate and all. That's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. And Phil has heard of me through Yul Vasquez. We had the same agent for a while. Um, uh, mutual friends had sent him stuff. He knew who I was, and <clears throat> he looked up to me, at me, and, and I was like, "Oh, Phil, it's so nice to meet you. I'm so sorry to meet you under these circumstances." And da da da. da. And, and he is, he just looked at me and he, like shook my hand, like, "Well done, <laughs> well done." <laughs> No, no, well, well done. And then I was like ushered out of there. Well like, done. Sorry, Snoop Security can't have you up here. I was just like, well Shut. done. Yeah, well done. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. It's horrible. It's, it's a horrible thing. Well, there's something about something so sad. Of course, you have to. And then, sad as, I cried. I the, cried. The reason happened. why, obviously, neither of us want to come off as callous, but that's a little bit of how comedians have to go oh, at things. Oh, absolutely. I was so I devastated. <clears throat> uh, of course, super, super sad. Well, yeah. that's a Bill Cosby quote. He says, you can get through anything if you can laugh at it. Yeah, that's yeah, really. yeah. And there, and we didn't know what we were going to do. It was the first time I saw you yeah. since, since the <laughs> just So we both did it. Oh, man. <laughs> I forget what we. <clears throat> oh, um, yeah, it was. It's oh. happy happiness, which just sixteen percent of any population is. Seen. Oh yeah, it's happiness. No, sixteen oh, percent no, of you. the sixteen percent that's <coughs> seen I've about seen any Todd Salons. But yeah, <clears throat> exactly. I want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is that's fucking good. I want to fuck you. <laughs> it still I'm, sounds I'm like gonna, me. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read a book. You see, when you do it, it's him. When I do it, it's me doing him. I swear. No, you, it's, it's different. very good. And you yeah. got the breath, too. <laughs> I think you taught me the breath. I think you're like, you oh, got to yeah. do we the breath. You that. taught me the breath. <clears throat> that ad- 
You know, when you were talking about Frank Caliendo, he de- like when people actually do. Okay, so I met Ray Romano, mm-hmm. and when you sit with Ray Romano and you hear him talk, you realize that my impression of Ray Romano is garbage. I'm like, mine is like, oh yeah, living queens, yeah. <laughs> and then when you talk to him, he's like, oh yeah, I can't even do it. It's it's he's just so subtle. It's like Bob Get Goldthwait. Just be, well, I guess he right. plays a character, but yeah, no, right. I know what you're right, saying. Right, right, right. And it's the same thing. Frank Caliendo <clears throat> does Pacino, and he does a Pacino that is so not a typical Pacino. Right. It's an accurate Pacino, which actually I think sometimes people want the stereotype. They want the hoo Right. How's your skin, son? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Southern. Yeah. He's not Southern. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Southern. Well, we have here. Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have here. You were going to appreciate this so much, and it's so worth me getting this. My friend, this actor, Jeff Arendt, uh, who is married to Christina Hendricks, and he's he's a terrific actor. Oh, I know him. He and I... Um, bonded. But I know he's a good friends with his brother. He does such a good Pacino. It is not funny. And I'm going to play it for you. Basically, the other day, I randomly texted him because I saw like these bikers <clears throat> hanging outside of an Italian restaurant. And yes. I texted him and I said, can you say this ridiculous sentence about bikers hanging out outside of an Italian restaurant? And this is what he sent me. Oh, I in front of me is a bunch of bikers Eating pasta at a restaurant outside a gas station. That's Jeff Aaron. I mean, it's like really good. And then I sent him something back that was like not nearly as good. I'm so I, I fucking love impressions. Oh, me too. Yours is I know so you do. dude. Your <clears throat> Pacino is so so good. Cinematographer. Yeah, well, you know, man, uh, Al's a good guy. He's small, but uh, you know, Iron Man. I wasn't an actor. They wouldn't want to make me an action figure because, you know, the balder you are, the sort of less marketable. Because sex sells. You want to smoke an Uber? I bought just I just bought a Canon 7D, uh, a 5D Mark II. Actually, just bought a B and H from the Citic guys. Uh, <laughs> Bought a 32 gig Kingston card. Uh, <laughs> I don't wear it around my neck because it cuts into my uh, sunburn. I think. I think. <laughs> well, I ride horses. Uh, crazy heart. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. If anyone see a little kid in here, ma'am. Hey, do you see a little kid in here? <laughs> Are we not doing him southern enough? Is he more southern? Hey, how were you? <laughs> I'm gonna eat some chicken wings in front of Maggie Gyllenhaal, man. I'm a singer. <laughs> His shirt was open that whole movie. You could just feel it. <laughs> I, I pissed into a couple of bottles on the way to my gig. <laughs> why is why is fucking Colin Farrell in this movie? Why is he playing a southern guy? <laughs> <laughs> we are doing movies I've seen. Crazy heart. <laughs> About shit. Happiness. Happiness. <laughs> Awakening. Awakenings. <laughs> we are hitting some. I mean, this is this is only for like. For, it's, it's only for e- me. Ebert isn't even alive. He wouldn't even appreciate this. <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> okay, so. What I think one interesting point we've mm. actually made, which we don't have to make interesting points, but I'm just saying is. That feeling of the comedian's job is to pay attention, and the and the life hack to being a more interesting person, not even a funnier person, is to just pay attention. Like even I'm so, I don't want to dissect because I don't want to stop. The no, fun. I love this. But like talking about the camera strap dig, cutting into your sunburn, mm. that's because you see that you remember it, 
And it's like a mental picture, right? But then you can find it fast, almost faster than you can think of it. You know what right. I mean? Isn't right. that the it's feeling of there. being on a run? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. It, you, it's just, for, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't even. You're not thinking about anything. I know you're not either. You're just like it's like a grab bag, and you right. have all these different right. things, and then you know you go to okay, here's my Phil Hoffman bag. So I got the breath and this and that. But then you have the then you have everything else that ever happened in your life, right? <clears throat> and those see, details that make everything funny. That's like what we specifics, learned. Like, you know, specifics whatever. make things specifics. It's yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that that's in uh, Truth and Comedy. I remember there's a part about Mike Myers. He would always say, "Pass the Heinz." He wouldn't say pass the ketchup <laughs> right. in an improv scene. He'd say pass the right, Heinz. Right, right, right. And honestly, one of the things when I would be going over monologues for the show, the writer's assistant would attest to this. I would always yell specifics, like in a fake. Yeah. I was I wasn't angry at all. Yeah, we yeah. were having fun. But I would be like, you can't just say like go to a movie. Right, right, right. You have right. to say go see like yeah, must gonna, love dogs. We're, we're gonna go see. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. You yeah. have one to. fine day. Yeah. But the thing is, it, honestly, I'm always bringing up presence. I think presence is one of the keys to happiness, and I think it's one of the keys to creativity. But when you're waiting in line, or or you're in traffic, or whatever, it's not that we need to be like Jason Bourne esque filing everything and being like isn't it weird that the state motto of this or, but you just there's something about paying attention and that's what's so delightful <clears throat> about a comedian I think any type is that they're showing you something and you didn't even realize like I've seen about Schmidt <laughs> I'm telling you 25 <laughs> times and recently <laughs> and I've never thought to laugh at that woman's <laughs> voice but then when it is sent back to you <laughs> what you've done is you've validated existence you've been like I got it. I know. That's that's why, like, you know, what's the deal with airline peanuts? Oh, that's hack or whatever. Mm. But s- before that became hack, we were all just eating tiny bags of peanuts. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. And then when it was presented back to us, we were like, that guy's right. That's why we like uh, we like being reflected, mm. and we like reflections, and we like oh yeah copies of things. <clears throat> oh yeah, of course. Do you think? Do you think that to that degree that like comedians, all comedians? I mean, all good actors are too, but comedians are. They're all good observers. Does that mean that every comedian is is a is an observational person or like maybe Probably. maybe like kind of like an existentialist or something? The, either that. I mean, there might be some examples. Maybe the more one liner guys might just be like brilliant. The math of right. jokes. Some of them are just like really good at the math of jokes, like Don Rickles or something. But you also have to have some observations yeah. in yeah. there as well. I, I was thinking more of like a Stephen Wright, but Stephen Wright was so observed so so much yeah i'm thinking of of like more of his derivatives that maybe i'm honestly thinking of nobody famous just like that go up and and aren't necessarily observing are you so you and obviously you are this type of person but do you consider yourself to be that type of person and do you also feel observational yeah yeah absolutely in fact that's my favorite that's my favorite compliment is uh it's one of them is when someone's like oh no one's ever Notice yeah, that oh, you before. really picked up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And and I you love probably that about see myself. that in other, and obviously you do, but I, I was thinking, like, t- today, even, like, driving in my friend's car, yeah. I think, like, oh, most people are bad drivers, and there was, this, like, you know, you could just uh, just a piece of a car behind another, and I was like, if that car turns, it's going to be bad, and she, and she goes, like, oh, don't go, red car, don't go, and I was just like, wow, you're really good. I just, like, yeah. was so, like, abnormally, you know, like, motheringly, like, excited about that observation that she made. Yeah. I thought it was so specific and Well, when detailed. you see it with other people... <clears throat> I mean, I think curiosity and uh, and like an insatiable desire to to learn mm-hmm. and to and to witness is is one of the keys of life. Mm-hmm. That's why why aren't we present? It's because we feel like we know. I've been in this room for thousands, not thousands, but like many, many. How many episodes we've done? Two hundred. So it's almost a thousand hours. So it's like <clears throat> it's crazy to think that I have nine thousand more to go to be good at this. 
Is that true? Is that well, what, that's just the Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I've also I've talked to people in my life. I don't know if that counts. Anyway, but like I've been in this room so many times. So like, uh, it's like um, fucking your wife. You've been married for ten years. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're tuning out a little bit. That's mm-hmm. that's the beginning of decay. <laughs> but one of my favorite new agey spiritual kind of things that you don't have to believe anything new agey to to appreciate this is you go like if all we have is the moment this is the first time i've ever hosted a podcast you know what i mean it's the first time you've drank water the more you can remember that it takes away a lot of the tension of living like you're in traffic if you're like this is all there is that is the beautiful thing that's Mm -hmm. when traffic i always use traffic as an example but opens up Mm -hmm. that's when you catch yourself noticing the sky and that's what's what makes comedy Pleasant. Comedy, in performing it, forces you to be present. Mm. We have to listen and mm. we have to engage in acting, I have to imagine, is very similar. It also forces the audience to be present for a moment. Is that what brought you to Matt and Oren? That you, obviously, you guys work so brilliantly together and you're such a strong trio, but you know Matt McCarthy and Oren Brimmer, who obviously you, you know front page and, and on your show and everything. Yeah. You, guys, you, you, must, oh, you must appreciate that about them. Or I do appreciate that about them. Supplement each other's. There's something about people that you know... Uh, one of my favorite things with people is if you're having dinner in a restaurant in New York and uh, you go from loneliness, you start feeling alone because you know that there's a table two couples down and the guy is just like, yeah, I just, I, I just, I just love, I love tea. I'm a tea guy. I don't like coffee. It upsets my stomach. You know what I mean? And you can hear every word he's saying. Mm-hmm. It's not obvious, but mm-hmm. you can hear him. Mm-hmm. You picked up on him for some reason. If the girl or the person you're with is like, I guess that guy likes tea, you just feel you go from loneliness and right, despair right. to like, oh, I have a, right. a confidant. And that is how I feel with Orin and Matt. Mm-hmm. Where where did it start uh, for you? We were talking about you being a doughy boy mm-hmm. and you smelled of pepper. <laughs> were you smell- how, uh, how, that is how long were you were you uh, portly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't like a big kid, but I was I was I was like a, you know almost uh, the the um, travel shovel boy. Uh, but I <clears throat> I don't know. I guess it was like some combination of my mom and dad having really you know like poor upbringings and wanting just like, oh, well, we're just going to give the kids anything they want. <laughs> Twinkies? Why not? Sure. Twinkies, ho-hos, and orange juice and chicken noodle soup. Oh, really? Like, like, yeah. And it was like, you know, like the, whatever, the comforts of yada, yada, yada. Not to get into astrology, but I'm crazy about it. And I'm also- Are you I'm really? Woods, Woodstock, New York. I'm a cancer. And, you know, your mama's boy and a little homebody. And, you, you know, you're like food and the comforts of, of familiarity. Yeah. I, really? I'm, I'm like crazy about it. Oh, stuff. good. Well, this is the weirdest show on earth. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I, I don't like talking, <clears throat> I don't like talking to normal people. I realize that. Yeah. I was like- it can be fun every once in a while, but um, yeah. so tell me, uh, where did you get that from? Your parents? What the astrology? Yeah, thing? no, actually, my sister, who's a musician, you're from Woodstock. I, uh, think, I, I was born in D.C., but I grew up in, uh, for the most part, in Woodstock. My mom grew up there, but we lived in Maryland <laughs> probably until about I was eight years old, and then we moved to Woodstock. Uh, and uh, yeah, she grew up there, and. Um, my sister I love just got up. into it. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. We, it's, it's uh, when I was married, I w- we would go up maybe once a month, yeah. every other month. Oh, it's it's great. Yeah, we were in the city. It's just you just pop yeah, right up there. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I got that. So I got that from my sister Rachel, and she was just like, you know, she's she's Older? always been in that kind of stuff. Yeah, the, my brother and my sister are nine years my senior and half Japanese. So when I tell people <laughs> that, they go, "Oh, I can see it." They look at me. Wait, oh, are, I can are see you it. half Japanese? No, not at all. <clears throat> no, they can. Oh yeah, my brother, my sister's name is Rachel Yamagata and Ben Yamagata, and they go, oh, okay, yeah, no, I can see it in you. Yes, I can see it in you, Josh Rubin. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm low, but I can process. And it's just, but it's that funny thing. Where, like, you know, my my mom, you know, had sex with a Japanese guy in the seventies, and then it was, you know, hard to find Mrs. Yamagata because they didn't think she'd be white, and it, she was. Um, anyway, she was really open-minded. But anyhow, yeah, they're nine years. They're nine years older. How did I get there? Anyhow, they're great. <laughs> Your mom had sex in Woodstock with a Japanese man, or oh, she was. I, in I think it was in DC. DC. Yeah, she was in DC. Yeah. So had sex with a, a Japanese man, mm-hmm. and then has your your brother and your sister and then she she leaves him. was she married to him or was she real him she oh she was she was married to him yeah as far oh. as as far as i know my dad <coughs> i think this is why they've been together for so long is your mother jewish no dad is so Dad's jewish. my mom is a christian scientist but she takes medication so mary baker eddie would i feel like i'm robin williams right now Joe, she's a christian scientist but uh more like a christian geoscientist <laughs> <laughs> that's what he calls his mom for real i'm pulling that from real robin williams biography that i read really yeah he called her christian geoscientist which wait is, what is it christian <laughs> christian dior like the uh, i don't know what is it perfume <laughs> yeah. Talk about observational! Wow, what a ball! <clears throat> yeah, 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 what a ball! Yeah, so Mary Baker Eddie would sort of be like, "Don't." <laughs> so she took medicine, which is a no-no. Yeah, yeah, she did, but she just you know likes the lessons, and it's it's a Christian science is a you know I'm not a religious guy. It's a beautiful philosophy. It basically like good isn't everything and every experience. Um, anyhow, uh, no, I want to hear more. <laughs> that's I, all I know about it. But everybody, all we think we see the Christian Science reading room, and we're like, these people love yeah. quiet rooms to sit and read. Yeah, they do. And everybody makes fun of them, which is what draws me to them. It's one of the reasons I'm so interested in the Mormon Church, for example, or the Latter Day Saints, uh-huh. is because uh, of their persecution. How how uh, mainstream Christians, I guess I don't know how to say this, right. but you know, non-Mormon Christians really like are afraid and put down and sure. they're persecuted, and people people's families break up and stuff. Right. I think Christian Scientists, Jehovah's Witness, <clears throat> Hare Krishna, these are all like uh, divisive, you know, things. They're yeah. dividing people. So I want to know. Whatever you know, that's all you know. They believe in well, goodness I, I know that it's, and it, no medicine. And then the sort of yeah. And the, also, when I tell people I'm a Christian, or my mom is a Christian scientist, like she was a Scientologist. That's crazy. Well, wow, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of a, a pretty thing. It's like you know, you I I used to think oh they 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 don't want you to take medication because. It's God's will and God's will yeah. unto you. And, you know, if, if you get sick, too bad. You know, yeah. it's, it's really that the idea that like all of God, <laughs> I'm not religious at all. And I never it's talk fine. about this guy. But, but You're it's in a like, safe place. <laughs> safe place. Safe. In a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was. Village. What? <laughs> I was laughing when you were talking because I was thinking about oh, the voice. Yeah, it's his saying. Yeah. It's Christian scientists. is a beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about it as the nun. Nduku is very happy. Very happy. Nduku, jump and play also. Medway guns call me cockroach. That's from Hotel Rwanda that I picked that one. Just stop this podcast if you haven't seen about Schmidt. Watch the entire you movie. Just cut that part out. Oh God! No, no, no! I'm just kidding. It's the best part. <laughs> I'm just saying everyone should watch it. They should, and then re-listen. <laughs> then re-listen. Somehow, yeah. forget that we did that. I don't know. So anyway, they believe no medicine because it's all, all children are beautiful in the eyes of God, 
and um, you're perfect the way that you are, even if you get sick, even if your time's up, even da da da. And then the other sort of piece of it is that there's good in every experience, even the ones that are perceived to be bad. I like, think I probably butchered like most get, of that, like get, getting a disease, so you're trying to like wipe <clears throat> it out, and they're like, no, that's. I that's... think any Christian scientist listening to this might be like, you know, their shoulders might be going up because I hope I'm not butchering it too much. But that's essentially the idea. What I picked up on it that I do like. Yeah, sure. That if I were to be a religious person and, and follow something, I, I understand why my mom does and she, you know reads the lessons, the pamphlets that come every month and you read them. You get new pamphlets every month? I think so. I it's think like she a subscription did. religion? I, I think so, yeah. I think so. How many volumes do you have now? So were you no vaccines? <laughs> oh, no. I had I had all of them. Although I didn't have uh, chicken pox. Did you ever get those? Was I that did. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. And then you know you hear about parents that expose them yeah. to the other kids. That's that's My brother had them and my mom was like, why don't you sleep with your brother tonight? Yeah, One go, of the creepiest. Go play. But apparently they all say it's terrible when you're an adult. But I don't know. It seems like they're just, you know, playing God. Flowers in the attic. <laughs> I don't know why I said it as Jeff Bridges. Flowers in the attic. That's a creepy movie. Actually, uh, Lloyd, my dad, used to make Bo and I uh, play together because uh, Bo got it and I didn't. Uh, I'm immune. Yeah, dad uh, made us play and uh, no. <laughs> When you were growing up, were your parents funny? Did you get any of that from them, or was it your brother? No, where was... where did this come from? <clears throat> I don't know. You want to my, well, I mean, my dad's a ham, and my mother, like, always making jokes. <laughs> always making jokes. Yeah. Uh, and my mother uh, is a different kind of humor, but, you know, we read the funnies together. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. It was important to be funny in our house. Uh, but looking back, I mean, like, I, I, was, I was raging again. They didn't get along too well. <clears throat> my parents when I was growing up. So I learned how to entertain out of almost like fear. You know what I right, mean? Right, yeah. And then the other thing that I really think drives me as strange as the sound is guilt. Like I often would get a feeling growing up thinking that you're bad because you're jerking off all the time or whatever right, it is that right, you're doing. Right. Uh, I still to this day, I've actually kind of learned to use it. If I do something, uh, let's just say, it's never anything huge, but like I watch a, a porn video that seemed uh, degrading. Okay, mm-hmm. let's say it was something like that, and I jerk off to that. I'll be funnier uh, that day because when I see you, because of all my childish supernatural right. sort of God is watching, people know there'll be this childish part of my brain that's like, I need to make sure Josh laughs at me and thinks I'm right, good right, because right. I I get my feeling of good from the outside. I don't do that right. anymore, but th- there's remnants. That's why I'm a big self self love person. You have to like right, right. you got yeah, you got to jerk off to something degrading and then still be like <coughs> yeah, I, I still love you. I love you. You're okay. <laughs> Wow, obviously that's, that's so, so. That's where you get your drive from. That makes a lot of a sense. a little bit. Where great, yeah, where did it come from for you? That's a good question. I think well, it was such a loving, supportive, wonderful family, and no one got you know like torn apart in front of me or anything by any werewolves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly. <laughs> Welcome to the Transylvania podcast. <laughs> no one got torn up today. <laughs> most of them are comedians because they've seen you know most of the community get torn up. But no, I. Uh, <laughs> So much Watch of the out. community is torn up. Watch out. Yeah. If you want your kid to be a comedian, right. send him to the Transylvania, Transylvania school. You will get torn up. Then you can go to the bar after and look if around. If he's and say, not torn up, he'll be very funny. He'll be one of the hunters. You can walk into a bar and say, I'll kill him. Um, <laughs> I'll kill him. <laughs> Josh said as he held himself like Robin Williams. Um, All right. So we have a couple irons in the fire. We're going through the right. narrative of 
why comedy? You you were just saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then also the story of your mom and astrology. Oh yeah. Uh, so for me and why comedy, I don't know. It was just always in my bones. I always just like liked. I was just like a you know weird little wacky kid, and and, and it wasn't it wasn't trying to make people like you because you were doughy and not on the until not until high school because because kindergarten through kind of whatever like third or fourth grade was very much just like being kind of a nerdy kid. and You can go home. My mom's rule, my dad's rule was just like it wasn't a rule. But the idea was in the house you can do whatever you want curse throw spaghetti at the wall be crazy which none of us ever did it was a very like clean lovely house we weren't gypsies or anything but the house is a safe place and then outside of the house you say please and thank you and you're a polite kid and a nice guy and da 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 so that really? was that that that's my yeah that's my kind of background but then when you know <clears throat> you then you grow up that way but you get on the bus and, and a bully makes earthquake sounds when you get off the short bus hmm. and you're just kind of like oh, okay I guess I'll you know I need to find something thing to 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 you know latch onto so it was like instead of going out or you know hanging out with friends or what I didn't have a girlfriend till very late in high school all that kind of stuff I think just because I was shy I didn't have the self confidence or whatever but you know a kid like that turns on you know Spicarama on Comedy Central and sees John Leguizamo as one man on stage or Robin Williams as one man on stage one person on stage killing and I, I watch those guys and things like the A list and like Premium Blend and like I I just dove into comedy when Comedy Central is a network came out I just like that I was on it all me the time too, and SNL too. with yeah and Hartman every, I probably every SNL but the heart you know obviously the Hartman age the golden age and and all that but but then it was being able to take that and then go to school and whenever you know anyone would like give me shit or you know like th- call me a name or whatever I, I would just you know do like I would just channel John Leguizamo and make all the kids laugh, you yeah. know, right? And, and that was a really awesome thing. Like, I would just do this, like, Latin, you know, whatever, like, Shante character or whatever. Or, or like, you know, like, I would even watch, like, Martin and do, like, yeah. you know, whatever, like, Shanene. And, like, you know, random, like, I guess it started with, like, funny female characters, like, in Living Color and watching, like, these awesome comedians do these, you know, wacky characters. Yeah, I remember so much <laughs> of comedy growing up is, is co- copying other comedy. I was just thinking, about well, completely, that, where completely. I was like, we would go fire Marshall Bell, yeah, and yeah. people would just go nuts. Yeah, absolutely, it was huge. I mean, Nobody I, was like, "That's not your material." Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> when you're on the playground, every every kid, every friend of mine was talking like Jim Carrey, probably for two years. A lot of them still are. <laughs> still I actually are, yeah. noticed if you observe people being funny. Uh, whether it's on stage or in life, you can often dissect their influences. It's not necessarily something I. Absolutely. It's like you noticing mimicry and stuff. Uh, it that's just something I do. It's not yeah. to judge them. I'm no. like, oh, little sprinkle of gaff again. Yep. A little sprinkle of uh, Brian Regan. A little. This is just me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, I, those are influences of mine. Yeah. Oh, but sure. yeah, go on. Um, but that, yeah, that was it. That was that was the beginning of it. And I said, okay, well, comedy. Not only is it something I love, but it's something I can use. And I'm just gonna now, I, slowly but surely, you get the confidence. You know, a, a pretty girl says, "Oh my God, you're so funny," and like touches your arm, and then you yeah. you, you build up on that. It's right. like you know, gaining like whatever coins in Sonic or something. You're just like building, you know, building yeah. up your whatever. Rings. Rings so yeah, and then as, <laughs> sorry, up, well, you got to build up your rings like Sonic. <laughs> For all the sixteen percent of the sixteen percent that know about Sonic out there, I know it's a lot of people, but why not? You ever go to Comic Con? <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Come on down to the Tribeca Film Festival. We have cookies. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you ever see that video of him where the director is like having him do a Tribeca Film Festival like promo <laughs> and they're like, that was great, Bob. Can you do it a little bit bigger? Just, just a little bit more enthusiastic. And he goes, I'm not selling. No, I'm not selling cars here. I'm not selling cars here. Vin, my Vinny and I, my, my directing partner and I always just, whenever we get any kind of direction, if we're ever acting, we just go into that bit. Just, no matter if it's a good or bad direction. I'm now, no, I'm not selling cars here. No. That's great. That's yeah, fantastic. That time. As far as the, the astrology and all that stuff goes, I get, and to a fault, I think I had too many really accurate books and like relationship books that break down signs by weeks and stuff. So I... Dude, you know, I will look up if I meet someone. I, I you're an Aries, right? I think mm-hmm. we talk, so. I, I these are the things that I remember about people. And we only talk, yeah, I talked about that once. I don't remember telling you that <clears throat> exactly. And I, you know, I, I think anyone I ever meet, any any girl I ever hang out with, whatever, I always look them up, and then I get a little heady about like, oh well, you know, she's a Taurus too. So and there's only three versions of Taurus, and, and we're only supposed to be friends, and not spe- supposed to end up this way, and da 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 da. And I get like kind of heady about it really but i also i also think like oh this is great and this is why i observe that we're this way together when we work together because um of this and this and this of these qualities in astrology and but most you, people look at me and like go oh, fuck yourself like sure. that, that, but but you you know it after the fact it's like you know i'm an aries and then you're like and then you go oh that's yeah why i think and i are good at bedtime yeah but like does yeah. it go the other way do you go like oh me and this guy are, are bit time he's probably an aries or a second i Taurus. never i never really guess i i'll you know like it's usually like i, I go back to the, the girl thing like if i'm like oh man you know i th- th- this th- my, my girlfriend currently who you know i met in february one of the first <laughs> things i asked her was like oh yeah and when's your birthday and she she's like why are you into astrology or something i said no and and she told me her birthday, and first of all, her birthday is my ex girlfriend's birthday, like exactly the day. Mm. So I immediately get heady, and I'm like, oh my! And then you start looking for qualities, I got but it. they do have fucking similar qualities. You know, there's just a weird little, and obviously she's a very different, much better person. All these things, sure. but but it's like I I I don't know. I kind of let that not rule my life, but I let it. It's kind of like if I you know if I don't have if I'm not a religious guy, I'm kind of like go to that. Is there can you? You explain somebody okay so i dated somebody uh that was big into astrology and she told me uh a couple things she was like well there's a science for everything and she's like and astrology is the science for how people are or something probably i i, I i'm trying to help people who are just like it's all hooey because right. there's a lot of the a lot of the world believes in astrology and uses astrology right, right. i'm going to uh fucking some Deepak Chopra thing. And they were like, when's your birthday? Because that's a big India thing. That's a big uh, meditation. That's how you get your mantra and all that sort of stuff. NTM and in other types of, it's all based on astrology. So you're not alone, obviously. No, no. Why do you buy it, I guess? Well, I'm not putting you on trial. No, no, (laughs) no, no, no. God, why? I'm trying to remember. I think it was like, it started with, I think, probably something to the tune of my sister giving me some kind of book, or she had a book that I read. Where, where did she give you squid candy? <laughs> she, she, squid. No, 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 no! This is all wrong. I interrupted your story. So for wrong. A Japanese candy joke. <laughs> so I've never had. It's the one thing I don't know about. I know pocky sticks. Anyway, but um, she, I think it was like. That first moment when you read something 
or you just identify with something that says this is you. So, and I think every every actor, every comedian, every performer is like a little bit selfish, or I think benefits from <clears throat> being observed and being sort of told their qualities or being kind of analyzed. I think that's a helpful thing for, especially for performers. Um, because, oh yeah, because yeah, we're we're you know ego driven to a degree, but we're also I don't know we're observational beings and yada yada self observational so, right, mm-hmm. and and it satisfies that piece of the palette. So the 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 catalyst for me was reading. I think this this very accurate pat you know passage or something about like people that were born the first week of um or sorry that the the you know the week at the end of June when you know I think the 22nd through the 1st of July or 4th of July and I'm born there I'm June 30th so you know reading about that version of my sign was like holy shit it's accurate it's sensitive moody but humorous musical all these different things and then like relationships it, this and this and this and this and your greatest strengths are this and you're too aggressive slightly you know whatever manipulative so can I interrupt sorry yeah, yeah yeah so the people that were also born at the same time as you you think they're also that way they Yes, but not. I mean, not, not, I think. I think. Blank, That's the answer I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I. I really do. I mean, not. Not you know exactly. Not my personality, but 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 the traits. The, the you know, I, I know someone who's born two days before me who is just as aggressive, just as kind of like incredibly humorous. Sometimes can't turn it off, and all, all these different things. And every single day, your your sign. As I'm learning, it's not so blanket that there's. Slight shifts in personality and things that you know um, change about the person, but 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 there are these commonalities, these through lines to each of these versions of yeah. an astrological sign. It's just like it it just can't. What is that book? What was that book? Uh, sun sign, moon sign was the one that made me go, okay, this is this is fucking crazy. You look up your your year and your day and like the time you were born, and that's like fairly accurate. And those are just profiles. And then the secret language of relationships was the next one that fucked me up because you can look up, you know. It, they break down signs by you know the weeks down to the cusp and all this stuff and there's a profiles of all the date of all the um the exact days, <clears throat> but you can also look up you know, the exact birthday of you know someone that you have a crush on and someone that you know or you're courting or your girlfriend or whatever and and look yourself up and match them in the book. There's a, there's a, there's a couple, like a famous couple, like, Oh, Mick Jagger and this person who were uh-huh. together for this long. Da, da, da. Your best quality is friendship and your worst quality is this thing. And then it goes through, you know, what the relationship yeah, is typically like. That is appealing. Yeah. It's totally, it's totally appealing. And, uh, and yeah, I'll show people and they'll go, that is fucking crazy. Really? Or they'll go, yeah, it's good. But I mean, aren't they, isn't everyone this way? Right. You know, doesn't everyone feel dreamy? But well, it is interesting. I, I did see a study uh, because I love all this sort of stuff uh, where they gave all these people a, a horoscope, mm. and they were like, uh, "This is based on your birthday and the information you gave us. Do you think it's accurate?" And mm. almost everyone raised their hand. And then they were like, "Okay, pass the pass your piece of paper to the person behind them," and they were right. all the same. Right, that's, right, that's right, exactly. Yeah, the and they shoot their hands up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's this there's there's just this other weird thing. Why I, I, I don't know. I, this might have something to do with it. I think it does. We're made up of what <clears throat> seventy some odd percent water. The Earth is made up. Of, I believe it's between seventy or, and ninety. Percent. Seventy and ninety, yeah, and then the Earth fluctuates. is fucking seventy and 90, ninety or whatever it is. So or seventy covered in eighty percent water. Yeah, and, could, and 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 then you watch something like the what the bleep do we know? And these people are like. 
like projecting negative energy at like water molecules. Ring the bell. You you're the first person that you brought that up. I'm always yeah. the one that brings that up. It, I, it's fucking crazy. Like water molecules can change based on projecting your energy, but it makes sense because if if I call you a dick and I don't mean it, there's right. something physically well, happens. Well, a chemical in you. change happens. In a- I just felt I just felt it in my stomach you, a little completely, bit. Yeah. Because I don't like being called a dick. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but there's that. It is kind of a weird thing. Like yeah, okay. The the molecules in me shifted, and there's such a thing as like Van der Waal forces in chemistry when just two objects pass between each other. If you're standing in front of a train and you feel that energy, is that there's energy everywhere and molecules, and then you hear on the other split flip side of that, people talking about spirituality and ghosts and yeah. you know like electromagnetic energy and all this stuff. And it's like okay, there's something about all of this that right. ties everything together. And then recently, just it was my last like hoity-toity kind no. of thing. But the the, the no, theory no, that because <laughs> no, we've gone about, off, we've gone from Indugu to ghosts. <laughs> but the theory that someone brought to my attention the other day, she's uh, a good friend of mine's mom. <clears throat> the theory that she she lived in Connecticut and they, they were saying maybe the house was haunted and they were you know telling stories about when the kids were young and oh I'd hear noises and this and that and the other thing and. <clears throat> she was saying, it just blew my mind because I'd never heard this theory. Maybe you have that all time is linear, so that when you know when you see what you think a ghost is, it means that that time is happening exactly right as you know. You're at, not at seeing. Present. You're not seeing something that happened in the past. You're right. seeing something that's happening right now, but you're just like sensitive to it, or there's like right. some sort of shift and right. whatever. Yep. So and that was I was just that's like, another oh God, thing that cool I bring up on theory. the show. All Do the you time. really? Yeah, okay, yeah. good. All right. So I had it explained to me like rings of a tree. So th- this is the 1800s and this is right. 2014, and they're all happening kind of at the same time. So you're just kind of seeing a break, sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that that stuff resonates with me. Right. I we've had people on the show, wonderful people uh, that I completely respect and can even partially agree with that are like, no, that's Huey. I'm like, I get it, but. Uh, for some reason, it just it turns me on. Either it's right. because I want it to be true. Right. But right. you know what? I was actually just thinking about this. I was like, I can't believe I haven't brought this up on the podcast. And maybe I have and I just forgot. But when I go home, <laughs> this, is, this is weird. I love it already. I know. It's the name of the show. When I, when I go home to my parents' house, and I did about a month ago, uh, and I sleep in... Uh, Where the- are they, by the way? They live in Arlington, Massachusetts. Okay. <clears throat> and I, I sleep in the same bed uh, in their house where my cats died. Okay, this is... I, mean, I, I love... Just, uh, just, dude, just buckle up. Yeah. So this is a classic kind of cat ghost story uh, because uh, you'll see. So every time I go home... Nope. And you loved these animals. Yeah, it was very close. I, I like cats. I, I like I dogs. Too. I like animals in general. Uh, so I had a, a good rapport with these cats. <clears throat> and I... Every time I go home, and I'm telling you the God's honest truth, I'm never thinking about it. I'm never like, oh, I wonder if Clem's going to jump on my bed in the morning. But like almost every morning, I feel exactly – I'm woken up by a cat jumping on the bed. There are no cats in the house. And it doesn't freak me out at all. I'm completely awake. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you were dreaming. It wasn't like that. I feel the cat jump on the bed because it wakes me up. And then I sit, stand, lay very, very still, and I, you know, feel it crawl over to me every time. Every you time, go home. and if I don't reach out to it or move or something, I'll even feel it curl up next to me. I know that sounds bonkers, but jonkers. But here's where the good ghost story punchline is: is I go, 
Mom, uh, I think Clem, because I don't know, my mom doesn't wouldn't be freaked out by this. Right. Like, mom, I think Clem is jumping on my bed. Is is Clem haunting this house? And she goes like, I hear him all the time. He's always running around upstairs. And my mom is not crazy. <laughs> and he died a somewhat traumatic death in that house. Not not super traumatic, like trapped in a like horrible position. He just passed away right, in the basement right, right, right. with his brother laying on him, purring. Very, very sweet story. Oh. Uh, so I realized that faced with something that is so up my alley, I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. I don't even really think too much about it. I'm like, yeah, that... No, you just think it's so cool. You, it's you, just something you're, that you're, happened. You just, oh, I'm going to let this wash over But it me. happens every time, and every time I go like, oh, right, that I forgot about the ghost of Clem. <laughs> I forget. That is bonkers. Isn't that weird, though? That is so, I but mean, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, like, what do you do with that? I, t- I told Kumail and Emily, and, you know, Kumail is, is very skeptical, and he's just like, that sounds like hog shit. Yeah. And Emily is, uh, you know, maybe more polite. I don't know. So I don't know about that stuff, but I'm with Take you. Take a Tylenol PM and then jerk off. Uh, yeah, no, just, I know. Just <clears throat> fucking Peter, it's not true. There's no fucking ghost. It doesn't cat. fucking matter, dude. Um, but here's the thing I was going to put to you about astrology and all this stuff. I'd like mm. to talk about all that stuff. Is uh, So the girl that I dated mm. that was uh, super dupes into astrology um, met me. I think on the anniversary of her and her last serious, like super serious boyfriend. Uh, so we met at uh, the improv and she came up to me and we were talking. And so right right there, if you're skeptical of this sort of stuff, I understand that you could be going out trying to meet somebody on the anniversary of the day you met, especially mm. if you're a kooky girl that's into that <laughs> sort of stuff. So right there, that's not that compelling mm. to me. But so she meets me. We ended up dating for a little over a year. But the thing that's crazy is we meet on the anniversary of when they met, and we had the same birthday. And you had the same me birthday and as the him? guy had the same birthday, and his last name was Whole something. It was like spelled very similar. I, I mean, the first three letters were H O L. So it was like really, really weird. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. For the first, you know, like through the honeymoon phase of that relationship, I was just really enamored with this person that. Right knew so much about that stuff. And I was like, this is blowing my dick off. Because she'd tell me stories, you know, about astrology, uh, predicting her own birth and stuff, because her mother was an astrologist and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I, I don't want to get too into it, because those, right. are, those are her stories. But, right, right. you know, really compelling, interesting stuff. But yeah, you, but that sits with you like, okay, I'm, I'm going to let that sit. And I'm, you're kind of addressing it in like a, you're a yogi-like way, which is great. It's just sort of like... <clears throat> yeah, this this is what do you thing. do? What do you, what do, you do with it? Yeah, but I, just kinda... I, I will say that I I'm finding I like Brian Green. Uh, he's a physicist. Uh, came on the show and he would say all of this is 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 hog shit, just like Kumail. And there's a delight that I get in that too. But then there's also a delight that I get in being like, yeah, maybe there's a cat, a ghost cat. I mean, it sounds preposterous, <laughs> of course. but like it's also preposterous that that those coincidences lined up in that way. I just I think we both know too many logical, practical people that have gone like, oh, you know, I put a vase on, you know, in this part of the floor, and then it was knocked over, and there's no way it could have happened, right? Or and you know, I or, or I feel something, or I saw something that like, and you've heard it again and again and again through history, right? You know what it, it is for me is it's UFOs. If you look at the eyewitness accounts of UFOs, it's tens of thousands. I mean, it's, it might even be hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. I reference this all the time because it's one of those things. I think there's a quality to our brain, essential to our survival, that hits delete on shit that is just bumping up against right, our, our right, beliefs. Right, right. Uh, and I understand that. 
and here I am doing it. I watched this thing. It was on the History Channel or something. It was the top 20 uh, best eyewitness UFO mm-hmm. stories. And some of them were, we saw a ship. It looked like it was the size of Texas, and it rolled over the city at, at about three miles an hour, and everybody watched it. And, it, you know, back in the 80s or something. So I don't know why there are no pictures of it. We see right there, that's my own skeptical brain. Right. But then they interview the mayor, they interview the news people, and all these people are talking about it. Okay. So if hundreds of thousands of people are reporting seeing UFOs, they can't all be weather balloons. You know what I mean? And uh, we even have friends, uh, or I I don't know if you know these guys, and I don't want to say their names because they're kind of sensitive Mm. about it, but they saw a UFO Mm. in in Brooklyn, and that's come up on the show as well. But then you have something? Oh, I just know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's come up before. I don't know why they're weird about it. But anyway, or did we talk about it on the podcast? It doesn't matter. No, no, he doesn't want to. He doesn't like talking about it because he saw what they're they're the Dorito ones. It's three orange lights, yeah, uh, and it's a triangle, and it floated above them, and then it zipped away. So, like, what the fuck is going on here? I understand the appeal of when Brian Green says that's that's hogwash, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I understand uh, the appeal of someone saying it, maybe it's a military thing that they're not telling us sure. about. And then I also understand the appeal of someone saying, like, yeah, uh, they're UFOs and they're darting in and out of this dimension. Well, you, I mean, you talk to, you know, I'm sure we both know that, you know, Brian Green. I have an astrophysicist friend who's just like, just a phenomenal dude. He's just like, you know, the, the Earth, there's just no way that there's just one of this things mm. in, in a universe that just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, trillions and trillions and trillions of the same types of whatever right. formations and combinations of whatever oxygen carbon all that bullshit and the also the other thing is we don't know we we actually don't know what else is out there and and you know and and there have been accounts of people who've seen things and feel felt things and been abducted and all this shit that's stuff that i'm so fascinated with but i, I mean i talked to i talked to guys like that and just like, i think like okay and even like a guy like sagan like just like yeah it's possible it's absolutely right. possible because it just goes on and on and on but then also similarly people that tell stories of being places and feeling like they were looking through someone else's eyes and mm. they leave their body and they have a vision of something that happened at that place i'm just one of those guys that i'm like yeah. You know what I think it is, Josh? I actually think a lot of my beliefs, a lot of my concerns, and a lot of my uh, interest in touchy-feely mm-hmm. stuff is because every night I go to bed and I have dreams, and, we ha- and we're reminded mm-hmm. of these things that feel like other dimensions, that feel like mm-hmm. other places, mm-hmm. that feel like living inside other people. So every night, we're getting like, you know, I sleep a good amount, so I'm getting like probably six hours of deep... REM sleep where I'm dreaming mm-hmm. every night. I forget the majority of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I do remember my dreams, I'm like, holy shit, that was so right, real to right, me. Right. I remember that. And that moment you kind of go, did this thing happen? Did you experience that thing? Exactly. Someone I dreamed about? Did you have this? So, did we do this? So every night I go to bed and I'm reminded of these impossible seeming things. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, and it, it, I'm even one of those people <laughs> that could be like convinced that when you're dreaming, you are doing some sort of travel. Sure. I'm just that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that's also you know I, I wrote I wrote this I got up and wrote this down this morning. I was like I think that's where my fear of heaven and hell comes from because every night I feel like you die and every morning it feels like you're born again. And every sometimes you go to bed and you have a nightmare hell and sometimes you have a dream. Ooh, interesting. That you're, so you that's you pleasant. look at it that way. Heaven. 
I just mean I think that's what keeps reinforcing the idea gotcha. that if you're living a good life, if you're if you're surrounded by love and family and right. golden retrievers, you're probably going to go to bed and have some pretty sweet dreams right. about those types of things. If you're harboring all kinds, yeah. And if you're like an evil person right. doing evil things and putting garbage in yourself, you're probably going to have some more fucked up dreams. Right, right. When I play violent video games, I'm so much more likely to have a violent. Oh, dream. Of course, yeah. uh, that's that's just obvious. But I think that's what keeps reinforcing this idea that I'm like, oh, maybe there is something when I go to sleep forever. There is some sort of dreamlike uh, response to this. Where how how on earth my consciousness could be doing that once I'm dead? Who knows? Did you hear that theory that when when we do die, that we could possibly keep dreaming forever? You've you heard hear, that? Did you hear? Yeah. Did you hear about this? No. The the the, 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 the theory that when when you buddy! do that, you could be in a pers- buddy, you're in perpetual state of dreaming. <laughs> when. When you die, but I don't know how that how you know how much I can maintain if your brain is rotting away. But ooh, I don't know. Then you think about energy and all kinds of stuff. I don't know, dude. I had a sandwich at Langer's, so I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I plateaued about 18 minutes ago, dude. Life is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> you did a fucking killer. T- t- people, t- people out here. <laughs> That's how he did. That's got. Uh, he had a ledger. People um, out here. They don't even know the outside world exists. Hands on your head. No. <laughs> Told me about grandpa. Oh. <laughs> when was the last time a, a big guy fingered a woman on HBO? Um, hung. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is hung. All right, we've gone off the deep end there. Let's talk about love. I so love you have, it. You have a girlfriend? I do. Oh, How do you meet her? I met her at a party that um, the company that reps my, my directing partner and I um, – I met her at a party they threw for us at a place called Bungalow in Santa Monica. And she was just so beautiful and so LA-ish. And I just like looked at her and I was like, oh, LA-ish, me, like a beautiful blonde girl. I was just like, oh, no. Chubby kid inside of me doesn't think she'll come up and talk to me. Sure enough, two seconds later, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Uh, hey, like, hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> My pussy is so dry. Um, <laughs> My pussy has so much sand in it because we're in California. <laughs> this is a joke Thomas Middleditch and I, this is that character we go into every time we see each other. My pussy is so. <clears throat> Talking about how dry it is? It's so dry, but, but sexy. Yeah. Oh my god, my nipples are just completely chapped. I'm just like falling out. Oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> it hurts when I. Ouch. It hurts when I. I don't fart. Bobby, don't. <laughs> my breath is so bad. <laughs> my knees literally have glass in them, like, fiber, like fiberglass. Like, it's gonna be hard to fix this. <laughs> I lit, like I'm I am John McClane. Like I crawled on my hands and knees. I'm like there are terrors in the building. <laughs> you have a Ow. gun. <laughs> Ow. I have a gun now. <laughs> There's the ballet dancer playing a terrorist and he's after me. <laughs> I have a gun now. <laughs> Where is Denise? <laughs> Where uh, is Denise? <laughs> uh, Alan Alan Rickman. That's what Nick Roll, Nick Roll and I would do, Alan Rickman. He's like, it sounds like he just drank a big glass of milk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a bubble over my throat. <laughs> you shut it, not all luxury. There will be a concert Christmas. <laughs> we meet me and Pat Walsh always used to do Alan Rickman. Because <laughs> it was always going somewhere. Yeah. Mr. 
Porter. <laughs> and then, but then he'd be calling him on everything, like, brushing your teeth, <laughs> Mr. Porter. And then it'd be like, yeah, I'm about to get yeah, that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm brushing my teeth. Stop popping out of nowhere and narrating <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> Mr. Porter. That's Droopy the dog, right? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, no, I, I'm crazy about it. Here's the problem. I... It's a long distance relationship, but LDR. the cool thing is I've been I've been flying. Oh, she to lives LA. out here. She lives here. I I still live in New York. I got, I'm going to come out to L. A. very soon, but it's just like it's yeah, a tri- tricky thing. What do you do it? Well, Vin and I, uh, my partner Vince Payone and I, we have we have a sort of we're a directing duo. We're based out of New York. We've been directing a lot of commercials, but I also like acting. So I'm just like, oh man, I, I love both. I want to have both. It's just tricky because we're getting things going and it's going really well. Uh, that's why I'm out here. But I, I think I'm just going to like. Just keep going and try, you know, without, you know, fucking that situation over. I'm just gonna keep seeing where this goes. Vin and, doesn't want to come to LA. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think he would. I think he'd probably uh, enjoy it at some point. I don't think he's done with New York, but I'm like now. I'm kind of like, oh man, LA. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually fine. The first, the first thirteen times I came out here, I hated it. Yeah, I thought, sure. I thought, I thought I was normal. gonna see like Danny Glover, like you know, be shooting at a predator. I just had no idea, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, anyway, so uh, it's been going very well and, and, um, uh, yeah, you, you kind of like now that I, I don't know if it's like now that I'm 30, now that I'm on my whatever, like third long, like long-term relationship or whatever, but like you get to that point where you're like, okay, so I, I hear the things that I did to either sabotage a relationship or that, you know, was called out every time I've had a relationship by the fourth time. With dating in between, I finally understand, okay, so I can be a good person by doing this, this, and this, and this, and you have to be attentive, but also be yourself and not change for another person. I think I'm finally, like, sort of... Being being real. Yeah, I'm finally... It's finally settling into me to, like, okay, now I understand relationships. Now I have the wherewithal to understand how they go. I've read, you know... um, uh, Codependent No More? Oh, God. uh, A new, New World. No, what's the guy's name? He, uh, he's got Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, you know, I've, I've like read about. Now. Yeah, like I've read. You know, sh- sh- whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I now feel sort of armed enough to. Eckhart Tolle's to, got some amazing. I, I'm also seeing somebody long distance, and I just emailed her uh, Eckhart Tolle. That's quote. so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like his whole thing, but like, his relationships thing about are relationship privilege, and great. it's just like. Nothing's meant to last forever, and it's a, you know it's all this stuff. And yeah, kind of like you know. And she, but and the she thing, was, one of the things that he said that I, that really blew my dick off was that he said uh, he was like, real love um, uh, doesn't hurt you or something. He's like, how could it? Something like that. Right. It's like real right. love doesn't cause you pain. How could how could it? You know, something like that. Yeah. Talking yeah. about talking about like when we fall in love, we get glimpses of what he would say is our natural sort of right. state and our birthright and all that sort of stuff, and. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, it's often this like kind of perverted and, and right. prostitu- prostituted version of love that, that is gross. And turns, yeah, it is. And turns into hate very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a really good – so weird. This morning I was reading this like the, – it was the, uh, an article. It was called like the six um, toxic <clears throat> things we think that are healthy for relationships. And like one of them was like – you know, don't change for, or, or yeah, it's like, you know, don't change for another person, which it seems kind of obvious. I forget what the, the phrasing was for the, for the bullet point, but it was like, if you, if you change for another person, or if you feel like you need to change as a person, then you're, you're, 
that it's cause for the uh, the person you're with to sort of fall out of love with you. You're, you're you know you, you don't have to change and and do all these things you didn't do before for them. You should you know maintain your independence and do all these other cool yeah. things. But but um I uh, if you're trying to find I used to I do Eckhart Tolle. He's really oh, easy to do. Have you ever heard him speak? No. Oh wait, maybe briefly, but I couldn't. I couldn't. You're gonna be. You're gonna. We're gonna do Eckhart Tolle. It's one of the easiest impressions to do. He's just like sm- a smooth fella. Yeah. No, that's Rob. Oh. That's Rob Bell. <laughs> I'm listening to Rob Bell's book. Here we go. Uh, oh, it's him. It's him. That's him. It's the Bell. Relationships are a privilege. Two. No, that's not him. The way out of pain. That's it's not Warner him. Herzog. That's not him. Is it? No. Shut up! I don't want to read. I want to hear his voice. Isn't it a question of learning to live with them? If you find them, wait for it. The greater part of human pain is unnecessary. Of human human pain. I didn't know he was German. As long as the unobserved mind runs your life. As long as the unobserved mind runs. This fucking app sucks a dick. If you made the bookmark app, you you made an app that sucks a dick. I will. Talk in circles again and it's again. It's still playing. <laughs> Fuck you, bookmark app. I paid a dollar ninety nine for an app that would keep it's my place in talking. my books. It's st- I closed it. I'm sorry, Pete. We closed stop. Cl- we just won't stop. We won't stop. We won't stop. I closed the app. How is it still playing? Because fucking, it's, it's Steve Jobs is a demon, dude. <laughs> if you have consciousness in your mind. It's like that. Keep going. You were talking about your girlfriend. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's. I'm just. I'm excited to to have a long term thing. I'm excited to fuck to be fucking again without having to worry about STDs. Because it's sort of the thing about when you're dating, you don't want to get herpes. Don't you just hate dating? Isn't that just a horrible thing? Did you ever do the online thing? Are you like, are you, can you even? I didn't do the online thing. thing. No, did you? I did Tinder for a bit, and that was really degrading. <laughs> I deleted it after like, the eighth person went. Oh, that's for sex, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh wow, that's for sex, right? It's Tinder, it's kind of like going. Oh, I want to fuck. Um, <laughs> it just gives up. Well, Tinder, that's kind of like I want to be in online dating. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter Zelda. <laughs> my son calling my son Zach. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, Josh read the autobiography almost as much as the SNL one, so he knows everything. <laughs> is it good? His his book, yeah. Andy Andy Duggan, man, it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Andy really, Duggan, I think D O U G G A N. Yeah, he wrote oh, De Niro's too. It, it's not an autobiography, then. It's a biography. It's a biography. Yeah. Uh, cool. What, what what about your? How'd you meet um, this lovely young lady? Uh, I I always wait. Or are you you are dating? Are you, yeah yeah yeah. About- I'm also doing a long distance. Thing. Mm. Not not as far as you though. You're 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 as far as you can possibly. Where is she? Uh, she is San Francisco. Oh okay. So oh, that's not, not bad. bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Easy peasy. Easy yeah. Easy peasy. What if I'm in fine? Yeah, super easy. Did um, you drop the L love the L love word yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How long do you wait? This is such a personal question. I get into it pretty quick. I do too. <laughs> do you say it for the first time, dude? I say I say it first, and the first time a girl told me first, the only time, I cried my eyes out. I was like, I was probably I was twenty, one or two, but she told me first. And I said, "What did you say?" And she said, "I said I love you." And I just went, "I, 
uh, oh, weird, weird. Uh, I love you too. It was just like poured out of me. Ah! <laughs> yeah, it was like, ah! it's like, like if you know, finished like sleeping together, and she's, oh yeah, I love you. What? <laughs> I said I love you. I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. I love you too. <laughs> just like I was just dissolved. Did you date that girl? Yeah, yeah, we were together for a few years. That was like, you know, a, a younger relationship. And now, now this, you know, this other girl is just like, well, I, I just told her like the, you know, the eighth time we hung out, basically. I was just like, yeah, I, well, I love you. <laughs> well, I love you. You know what's funny is like I often, I find love for people pretty quickly and I'm happy about that yeah. about myself. I like that. I understand you have to wait until you love a person a certain way mm-hmm. before you tell them. When you usually say I love you in a relationship, typically it means... Uh, I'm in love with you. You know right. what I mean? Like you have to be at that sort of place. Uh, otherwise, I, I've had relationships where you're like, oh, I love you. Like you just say it like casually. Yeah, yeah. But when I drop the like, hey, and I try and make it a thing that you remember. Yeah. Uh, I had a girlfriend once that I gave a ring uh, that I knew she liked when I told her I loved her for the first time because I was like, I'm tired of forgetting it was disturbing you me. You mean that forgetting I, the day forgetting you Forgetting when it? and how you first said I love Interesting. you. Interesting. So I was like, oh, you're I, good. I, I got a little gift. I was pretty proud of that yeah, one. You're, you're, you're a romantic. Yeah, I, I tried to. But... Oh, sure. <laughs> you, just, you just take your dick out. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> Down, Simba. <laughs> oh. So love is good. I'm, I'm, I, to be honest, I am like worn out from laughing Dude, I'm so, so much. Tired. I had like a, Are a, you? a sandwich at Langer's and I came here and we laughed. I feel like, <laughs> did you really have a sandwich at Langer's? I did. So many of your characters also just had a sandwich. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I can't even do a character anymore. I just had a sandwich. He just had a sandwich at Langer's. Which is the first meal he's had? We have, we have to end. We have to end. <laughs> How many hours have we been We've gone? gone 90 minutes. I just, I, I, I feel myself trying to, to interview it. you, but I'm like, there's more we could do. Let's matter. do this. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. When you live in LA. Oh, oh, I love that. that idea. We'll do great. a part two. I'm sure we'll have seen a different movie by then. I'll do my robot voice. We'll do a part two. I just <clears> didn't, <throat> I, I lost all my energy to de- Devil's Advocate and try and argue mm-hmm. against your new AG theories. I like, I'm like, yeah, I love those. <laughs> I just wanted to do voices. Oh, good. Can I'm glad do- you have a girlfriend. I could ask you about your worst breakups and what you've learned. I love I just, that, I'm, man. I'm so exhausted. Good. I am too. I'm tired. Let's fucking get out of here. here. God, get a milkshake. I'm Will so- you just tell me what you – it sounds like you're like me, <clears throat> but we always end with God. Tell me what do you think is going on? Obviously, you're open to things. What do I think is going you can, on? You can look at it like, do you believe in a conscious living God, uh, some oh, sort wow. of deity? Do you think we're living inside of God? Mm. What do you think happens when we die? I don't think I don't end? think there is a God. I think there is only uh, – I'm a, a militant believer in karma. If, if I throw a gum wrapper in the garbage can and it bounces off and falls on the ground, I think that something – and I don't pick it up and put it back in. I, I think – maybe I look for it too – that something just as bad will happen to me. So maybe it's just like a slight trip on the sidewalk. You won't face plan or anything. But hmm. you know, if, if, if you do something... When the, if that were true, though, again, people that... Because I'm, I'm hip to that as well. Hmm. That sounds a little uh, paranoid as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that... that it is. That oh, it could it, it be... But, and I probably look for it. But by the same token, like I know... <laughs> Littering is bad. For ex- I keep going back to littering. <clears throat> but some people just like well, smoke, throw the cigarette on the ground. But but they'll 
there is a karmic I think thing that happens and builds up with people that even do that and just like becomes this, you know, there's this routine of doing something that's like hurting whatever the world around them. Maybe it's like too hoity toity Woodstock of me, but like, you know, there are things that you're not conscious of or some people aren't conscious of when they do that type of thing that slowly but surely insidiously kind of, yeah, comes back. Whether it's, whether it's a cough or whether it's, you know, you get into just, just a slight fender bender. That's just annoying. Yeah. Like there are things that when something negative happens to you, it's because you need to wake up about something, whether it's like you're, you know, I don't know if it's like whatever's out there is punishing you, but anyway, I think that everything, everything happens for a reason, karma, and that's pretty much it. There's no bearded man or woman sitting on a cloud and doing that whole thing. I never believed in that, but I, I believe in fate and karma and all that good what stuff. What about ki- kids born <laughs> with cancer then, or something like that? That is that the karma of the parents? I mean, that's a, that's a that's a mouthful. <laughs> I didn't even like asking that question. Yeah. I'm not going to put you on the spot and have you answer that, but. It's, I hear people going like, okay, you throw a rapper on the ground. Right, what about right. a war criminal or, or, or people that we know? Uh, right. You know, I don't even want to get political here. Cause no, I, we can. Yeah. But like if it was like, oh, a lot, a lot of people think someone like Dick Cheney is an asshole. I, right. don't, I don't even right. and, follow and, that stuff. Shouldn't yeah. he be doing worse? I mean, he's probably not doing that great. Like with between the surgery, the bad press, uh, you know, uh, some sort of sort of complex relationship with his daughter, and everybody right. hating him. I don't think he goes to bed at night dreaming of like you know horses and ca- candy. Maybe maybe he has nightmares every night, and he's also ugly. He's an ugly man. We're handsome, so obviously we're doing well. I don't know, man. But no, I understand. I, that that's that was a tricky question. I'm I'm just I'm so, and, I'm and, so tired. <laughs> no, it's okay. But that that's what I think. That's what I think. What about when you die lights out uh oh man i don't know so afraid of it when i think about it i don't know i don't know i have no idea what it's going to be i I like to think that um i don't know i have no idea you like to think there's some extension of your consciousness of course we we all do i'm it it terrifies me to think that you're going to forget all this when it lights are out that you that everything that just happened you will never retain that it's gone it's uh, you know the book will close and it's going back on some shelf in the universe and then it starts over and you're some someone else something else and you don't remember anything else and yeah. you're starting over the the idea that idea is kind of terrifying to me just like you think like oh you got to do it do it again mm. um and also, I guess, kind of nice, but yeah, that's that's a scary. It does thing sound maddening, like McConaughey. Time is a flat circle. <clears throat> again, yeah, again. yeah. What do you? I mean, what do you think? What, what happens again? Again. Uh, I'm my own hero. Uh, you know, I don't even know, man. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, man. I do think there's something uh, that seems to make sense about recycling, even even consciousnesses that we might come back, and and there is a lot of evidence, albeit anecdotal, some of it. Uh, I, I think. It satisfies me, some of these studies that have been done uh, in Malaysia, for example, mm. talking to children about their past lives and stuff. Uh, you can dismiss it pretty easily, just like you can those eyewitness UFOs, and, and even sometimes I do too. I take great comfort, like when Brian Greene was on. I was in a good mood for like a good week, just being like, that's it. I'm carbon. I'm electricity. Mm-hmm. I die. It's over. Fucking A. I love it. Then there's other times, like just today I was driving around and I was like, what if we do get reincarnated? What if we get reincarnated as animals? And then I'm like, fuck, what if you're a cow? You get milked your whole life. You're made like genetically pregnant your whole life. You're on your feet your entire life in a stall. And then they murder you in front of your friends who are also being murdered. That's fucked. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think about it all the time. I had a really disturbing dream the other day that I was in a house with Patrick Walsh and Oren, and there was this monster, and it was understood that the monster wouldn't leave us alone until two of us were dead. It's crazy. It's a good horror movie. 
This was my. It is a good horror movie. It's a good horror movie. So me, Orin, and Patty, who love each other very dearly, were like, "What are we going to do?" And this this was one of the scariest dreams I've ever had. I was like, "This was recent. It's two nights ago." And I go like, "Okay, you could smother me with a pillow, and I think Orin can do it. Like Orin sees things through." I was like. He'll do it. And I was like, don't do it. Like, I was freaking out and all this sort of stuff. But we, it was one of those fucking nightmares where we knew we were like, if we don't do it, this thing's going to get all of us. So two of us have to die. It was fucking terrible. At the end, uh, I died. I died in the dream. Who survived, Warren? We don't know. I don't remember who survived. But I remember thinking very distinctly it was the sort of thing. So we were in this room and we had weapons and we were going to wait for it. And I was like, it's going to lure us out. It's one of those types of things like the T-1000 that's going to mimic your mother's voice perfectly (laughs) and be like, hey – I, I'm, I'm just looking for my son and then make you think come home John <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to go out and then it, you see your mother and then it turns into a monster I don't know why I'm ending this just sharing a terrible dream no I'm I asking had. you what you think yeah is but out there that yeah. is that dream is a death anxiety dream is Yo, me going like is there a bad thing waiting for me on the other side yeah. and also just not wanting to yeah but it's, it's not like this is die. all very hedonistic I mean it's great like we all have super ups but it's also super down too so it's like oh so on the other side is just more down mm. so I think like I don't know everything maybe balances out the idea of I, I, I don't know what to make of you know all those um, those episodes of whatever it was sightings or what have you when someone would you know see like die and see light at the end of the tunnel I don't know yeah. that's happened several thousand times well, there's a lot say. of near Experience all the near death stuff, yeah. yeah. So, what, what is that? It sounds pretty positive. People's just, man, I remember feeling really calm. And there's this great book called Actually, the thing about life is that one day you'll be dead, which talks um, a lot about how <clears throat> when you get in your old age, I think he the author had interviewed like a ton of elderly people, including his father. It was like part science and part kind of biography of his dad, who was like an older guy who was working out every day and very health conscious. And his dad said, and I think through all the interviews he did. <clears throat> When you're in your 80s, 90s, at the end of your life and your last weeks, if it's not some premature death, God forbid, but you're ready. You've, oh, you're looking, you got your kids. That does seem the you, way. You, you it just goes. kind of like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. You know, my my kinda... parents are actually very morbid, and they, with, without yeah. hesitation, will say things like, if uh, if I ever uh, am this way or this way, just pull the plug. Yeah. They, they love talking yeah, about it. Yeah, my parents too. It's like, <laughs> whoa. And I, I, that's one of the things that breaks my heart sometimes about some old people uh, when you do get that sense that they're like, ah, I'm fucking done with this shit. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but they are. I mean, they're like, it's oh, kind of good. Oh, I fought in a war. I had a threesome. Uh, you know. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> buddy, I had a threesome. Fought in a war. I'm ready to go. Yes, I talk to those old people who are just ready to die. <laughs> They're ready to die. <laughs> Take out your dentures and dig me a grave. <laughs> me a grave. me a grave. I had a threesome. I fought in Korea. I'm ready to die. Just, when you're like, Here, what is about hearing that? It just makes you go like, oh my good God. I know that person. I've seen it. <laughs> you know when the, someone like that old falls? And it's just like every every part of your body just like completely just splits. You're just like, it's horrifying. Oh, when you hear an old person fall backwards, it's like, oh God, how much of it broke? It's like Samuel Jackson and Unbreakable. I need to ask you a question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's slippery out here. 
<laughs> I'm too old to experience a wrist fracture. <laughs> yeah, we could do a soundscape of an old man falling. <laughs> oh boy, I should have lived a long, healthy life. Oh, oh boy. I don't deserve this. Ah, I should be on the porch to Louisiana. <laughs> Cars going by. <laughs> How much? Hey, you need a ride? Yeah, sure, please. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. He blew my ankles out. <laughs> in the legs of all places I'm still alive <laughs> oh no wolf coming out of the bushes <laughs> uh oh oh man <laughs> oh god <laughs> I don't deserve it <laughs> side of a highway and I'm why was I even driving <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> just John Connor's wife her mom's Linda <laughs> Hamilton being dissolved to skeleton <laughs> the whole world was, was blown away by a nuclear bomb and I'm still alive. <laughs> Nothing but a charred wolf corpse <laughs> and a bunch of dead cars. <laughs> I don't deserve this. <laughs> more cars. <laughs> more cars. <laughs> it's Clem, the car. <laughs> there's, your, there's your blackout. <laughs> <laughs> My cat except, drive the except, car by. Except pawing the bed and driving on the side of a highway. <laughs> Oh, the radiation's setting in. Oh, there goes my hand. There goes my nose. <laughs> oh, my eyebrow came off. I don't deserve this. Boy, I've lived a long, healthy life. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps remarking what a long and healthy life he had. I don't deserve it. <laughs> it's just a little bit of applesauce. <laughs> Uh, why? Just, why yeah. is that so cleansing? That was such mm. all the death anxiety <laughs> that remembering my dream <laughs> stirred back up for me was gone. <laughs> just comically laughing I mean, you know, at an old man it, it, dying in the worst the way. The prerequisite was that when we're old, we're ready to go, and then you know <laughs> that's what it's going to be. You watch everybody die around you, and all the, <gasps> the cars become ghost cars. Driven by cats. <laughs> Driven by cats. Oh, to pawing the pen that's driving by the highway. <laughs> I don't deserve it. <laughs> Will you, we end the show by saying keep it crispy. Would you please do a letter from the nun in about Schmidt, dear Mr. Schmidt, whatever you want to yeah, say, yeah. and then at the end say keep it crispy, and that'll be our show. Dear Pete Holmes, I had such a fantastic time on your podcast. <laughs> I want you to know that I laughed very much, that I enjoyed listening to myself with your Sony headphones, that I enjoyed doing impressions 
of famous movies like Awakenings. And I'm fully aware I sound like Miss Piggy aged in South Africa. And I just want to say, keep it crispy. Love. Now say it as the old man. Hey guys, I really enjoy my time on the podcast. Keep it crispy. Uh oh. I'm crispy. A <laughs> jarred black. <laughs> oh, God. We have to go to bed. I know. Let's get out of here. We all have to go to bed. Let's go. This Thank poor you. dog has just slept. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, God. Let's Now leaving Nerdist.com.